Happy New Year! I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season. And、uh, Joe, how was how was your、uh, holidays? It was good. My my Christmas was a was a lot of fun. My New Year's has been a lot of drama. My wife sliced her finger off、um, on New Year's Eve just before we left for the comedy store in Manchester. But otherwise, it's all good. I'm in Ireland now. Okay, you might need to explain just a tad when you say sliced her finger off because when you told me via text, I genuinely、oh, thought no, she the, like the lost like from a knuckle. <laughs> I tell you what, it was like if you if you'd done a crime and you needed to cover. I'm not saying my wife has done a crime. <laughs> if you committed a crime and you needed to slice your fingerprint off, she she basically did that by accident with a razor.、Um, oh God! Yeah, I think she might have no fingerprints now. If anyone's got any crimes that involve poking. Then you can call my wife, and she will come and. She's only got. She's it's only one finger where she's got no fingerprint. But, you know、uh, what? It's a good thing that you didn't have to go anywhere. That when you go through border patrol, you have to give your fingerprint. Oh yeah. Because I've had to do that on certain visas. Well, when I was on my performance visa, coming in and out of the country, I'd have to give my fingerprints. Oh, so yeah. So my fingerprints are fun fact on file here in the UK and in America. Because when you、right. apply for a visa, you have to submit your fingerprints. What so is that so that if someone's done a crime, they can、uh, match them to the fingerprints? I think. I think. I'm gonna guess they do a criminal background check on you, but I don't know、oh. that for sure. But also,、um, it is so. When I was on those performance visas, every time I entered the country, there's a there's a fingerprint scan at airports, and I'd have to show them my fingerprints. I'd、oh. have to like, yeah, to make sure it's really me, because、right. the, the photo ID isn't enough. Yeah, yeah. My wife wouldn't be able to do that.、It、would just be a scam.、No. <laughs> yeah, if she if she has a, her fingerprints on file for any reason, she's gonna have to redo them. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, uh, mine, my, I will tell、yours? you, my New Year's uh far less dramatic. Uh, the whole Christmas and New Year's, I, I will say the theme was, and we did it super chill. Didn't go see any family for Christmas. Don't get me wrong; we love our families, but Tom and I、Especially、did. Especially the ones that listen to the podcast. Love them, love them. Hi, mom. Hi, Allison. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, we just didn't have to do the big travel and stuff, which was so nice. So we spent it here in London, just Tom and I.、Uh, I made a lot of food, and then on New Year's we did a games night with our friend Tom Salinsky. And、uh, and Tom lives just down the street from us, so we didn't even have to worry about, you know, trying to get across London in New Year's and cabs and、uh, trains and all that stuff, which can be a huge fact. It was lovely. <laughs> that sounds lovely. I highly recommend to all our listeners if you have the.、Uh, If you have the ability, will, and、uh, don't care to disappoint your whole family, just <laughs> one time go. You know what we're going to do for Christmas? Nothing with you guys. It's great. It is easier when there's a, a whole ocean between you and that family. Yeah. Well, it's also just like you know, we just woke up in our own house and did our own thing, and you know, it wasn't like trying to combine holiday traditions and like you know. 
my mom gets quite as she says she dithers she she gets any more well she always did but even more now because she doesn't cook as much as she used to she does the whole christmas cook but it really stresses her out so so you know just the timings of the oven it's a whole thing you know you got time the oven to make sure the turkey comes out on time to get the Mm. the sides in and all this stuff really stresses her out and um so we didn't, we, you know, it was just us. So it didn't matter. It did stress me out slightly, but Tom was like, I think you love this. <laughs> like at the end when I'm like pulling stuff out, I'm like, put that on the table, put that on the table. Cut. He's like, you fucking love this. You're pretending to be a line cook right now. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I kind of am. <laughs> Living a fantasy of being a cook. Yeah, pretty much. You said, I think you said earlier that you, you cooked enough for 12 people. Pretty much, yeah. So we did a turkey crown, which is just the turkey breast part. And then Tom also wanted a ham, so we did a ham. And then we did uh, roast potatoes, Brussels sprouts. I made green bean casserole, which Tom didn't eat, which meant more for me. Cranberry sauce, uh, roasted carrots and parsnips. I think that's it. I, I ate an obscene amount of foods, but I, I have so much cheese. We we saw, and I, I got to the point, you know, when you get to the point where you've eaten so much cheese or something like that, that you just feel really sick and you start craving food that you never normally crave. But you go, I yeah. really, really want a glass of water and some lettuce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so much cheese. And um, then we went around to, um, yeah, our friends, and she laid out this huge cheese. I could just, I could keep eating cheese forever. Uh Love cheese. cheese is so more cheese has an enzyme in it that like uh actually releases dope it has oh, I think it's, it's like the heroin, casein. yeah i mean that's a huge exaggeration <laughs> that it's like heroin I, i've read that a well but i think it's casein is the enzyme in it that actually makes it more more it releases dopamine or like happy neurotransmitters in your brain when you eat it and that's why it just you just keep wanting it and wanting it more mm. no uh, i definitely got that yeah yeah it's party. I ate so, so much. good so good i did buy some like just iceberg lettuce to make you know turkey and ham sandwiches with afterwards mm. and i made a ham sandwich and the iceberg iceberg i mean who likes iceberg lettuce right and it was just i just found myself just eating leaves of iceberg lettuce i was like oh it's just cold and crunchy and watery it's, yeah. this is amazing yeah yeah we did i was, we I was aware that. we were going down a food wormhole there that could go yeah. on for a long time exactly exactly um i uh yeah so we recorded this before uh, before the new year, but I will say, and Allison does plug this at the end, but now that we're in the new year, she is on tour. So yeah. uh, if you are into this episode, you should definitely check her out on tour. And uh, we talked about her PTSD. Yes, yeah. Which, which she PTSD. talks about. PTSD. PP, PP, PPS, PPS. I think PPTSD is something very different. CPTSD. Right. Yeah, that one. Precise. It's it's so hard to remember all the all the things. <laughs> As you said before, we are not a medical podcast. Do not yeah. diagnose from our podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're talking about ex- panic attacks. 
Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I even forget the, the theme we did so long. Yeah, but we talked about panic attacks, and she was just really lovely and honest about it. Uh, hey, when Danica sliced her finger off, did you have a panic attack? Uh, no, slightly. Worried. Oh god, that sounds like a terrible person here. I was worried that we might miss the gig. That um, is that is the most autistic thing. We have to leave it. <laughs> We're for going to be late. <laughs> <laughs> that was it was okay we got we got there on time and uh i i only stopped once and now my back is quite bad but it's not i'm not saying i'm the victim here but um <laughs> it did mean that my back was bad because i couldn't stop enough on the journey oh oh yeah because your wife was losing blood because <laughs> <laughs> to hold the finger up high um so the blood drained out of it no, it was bad, but she's... Can I, just, can I just give a shout out to Danica right there? Because if I had sliced my finger that badly, I would have looked at Tom and been like, I'm not going to Manchester. I'll meet <laughs> you at the airport in two days. I'm going to a hospital or just not getting in a car right now. No, she can't. Yeah, she can't. Well, she would have had to get a train, so... Um, oh, yeah. God forbid. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine, darling. We can do a blood transfusion in Manchester. It's fine. <laughs> but uh, it's just a fingertip. Yeah, yeah, it's just just a bit of a finger. Just, a, just it's only a flesh wound, as as exactly. they so famously say. Uh, but I will say, like I said, because my Christmas was so just us and such a snuggle down, uh, panic attack free. That's lovely. Probably. Probably for the first time, because I'm going to go ahead and say the holidays, as much as we all look forward to them, they can be a panicky time. Oh, there's always, the, yeah, there's always one argument. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, shall we Shall we get into the pod? Shall we get into the interview? Yes, yeah. We, right. we, uh, let, let's, let's just jump in. Here we have right. uh, Alison Spittle. Hey, it's Joe here. Um, you probably guessed from the sort of theme of uh, this podcast, um, but there's a lot of discussion of uh, some quite traumatic stuff in this episode. Um, Alison's so funny with it, um, but we do talk about um, trauma, particularly being a victim of a violent crime and a little bit about uh, sexual assault. Um, so uh, if that's not something that you want to listen to, then turn the podcast off now. If not, here's Alison Spittle. But thank you for coming and doing this. No problem, no problem. I'm glad it's a very good friend of mine, and Joe, if it's a very funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. Sorry. Yeah. And Joe, it would be weird. Well. No, no. I said Joe, you're very funny. Oh, thank you. I see you do stand up. I don't know what you're like personally. Real prick. You could yeah, be a yeah. right cunt. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, don't know. For a comedian, I'm a nice man. No. <laughs> 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 I like your hair. Do you Thank use you. product in it? I do. I use uh, a yellow leave-in conditioner. I've nice. started um, washing my hair every other day. Yeah, um, I'm proud of you. And yeah, it, it was very stressful the past few days. Uh, first few days, but I've, I'm coping. 
I don't like my hair feeling like it's not, even though it's is clean. I don't like it feeling like it's not clean. Yes, um, yes, and, I get uh, that. But actually, it makes my hair much worse. It's been a long. Pre- this is a long, ongoing thread, which I don't know whether our listeners are interested in because it's I'm objectively interested. quite boring. <laughs> but I used to wash my hair every, every day, which costs a lot of shampoo, and I use quite. And good. you lose your oils. I lose. You I have no oils. oils at all. Yeah. yeah, you need to keep um, your oils. Yeah, yeah. But um, those precious, precious oils. <laughs> yeah. But my oils, my oils have come back, and I'm, I'm good. feeling good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Let mm. them live. Yeah, your curl, <laughs> your curl's stronger now. You got a good curl on. Yeah. I like the idea of uh, today's podcast just being meandering from one uh, beauty tip to yeah. another. Yeah, can we call the podcast Precious Oil? <laughs> yeah, I think How do we great. keep our precious oil? <laughs> keep our precious oil. Uh, it's a neurodivergent thing. People wouldn't understand it. So <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> precious oils. <laughs> Um, I was nervous about going on this podcast. Yeah, we. Uh, I was very hesitant to because like, I asked it. you, and you were like, "I'm not ready yet." Yeah, still not ready, but I'm gonna do it. Well, we you do. You know what I mean? We do edit it. Yeah, no, I full trust in you, yeah. and like you're my friend. I keep this in, but like, it's like, uh, uh, what is it like? It's just like I'm so scared about it because, mm. uh, how do I describe it in a way that like. Um, I suppose I love doing stand-up about having CPTSD and I've found like I've done a podcast I've done podcasts in the past where I've talked about comedy and CPTSD and then then we talk specifically about CPTSD and it's not to like say we can't talk about it it's just just my own brain it's like I find myself way more comfortable uh, being able to express myself about my brain through stand-up than when I do interviews. Like, when I do newspaper interviews and stuff. Yeah. And you see headlines and it's like, uh, like, because, um, why I've got, why I've, why they think I've got CPTSD is because I've been robbed a few times. There's other stuff as well. But, like, uh, and then you, you, I look back at the interview and it's like, I was robbed eight times. And it's just like, like, I'm like, ugh. It just feels like I'm on take a break. Or yeah, I was going to say, like that's that. like, an, yeah, take a break. Oh, it totally is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I had an affair with a ghost, you <laughs> yeah. know? I've been robbed eight times. So, Do you yeah. have those in the States? Or is this a... Uh, oh, I said National Enquirer. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that a, where... Yeah. But National Enquirer is more like conspiracy theories. Like... They've got true life weird things. Oh, like, I've they? pickled my baby. I remember reading that <laughs> when I was like... <laughs> Kids. <laughs> you know more about this than I do. Wow. I, yeah, we I have we we have we have we have trash magazines in America. Right, uh, yeah, yeah. Rupert Mur- Murdoch reigns supreme. Uh, it's yeah, they're there. But I'd say you got more trash in America. I'd be excited to read. The but trash. take a break. It's quite a specific thing. It's a mixture of like. Um, sort of life hack tips of like way you could, ways you can sort of like but save money in the kitchen but also mm. like the most harrowing stories imaginable yes and then fun celebrity stuff as well it's such a weird mix. but that is like domestic talk like women like many times I've sat at a table with like eight of my female relatives and they'd be talking about the most grimmest shit you've ever heard mm. and then they'd be like oh but I really need to clean this pan like how do I clean this pan <laughs> And it's like, oh, bacon soda. And it's, like, so domesticated and so harrowing. And also... Oh, God, sorry, I've, like, I yeah. can't... Like, 
Sorry, my mum, I have an example of my mum, but she specifically told me afterwards, you cannot do comedy about this. <laughs> this, is <a> <laughs> this is a podcast. Yeah, didn't say podcast. Yeah, didn't say podcast. I'm a uh, well, but basically, she 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 said she's talking about mediums. Yes, and uh, she's going. I don't really believe. Them. I had a friend who's really into mediums, and she talked about mediums all the time. Uh, but I don't think they'd be very good because they didn't tell her that, and then a very very harrowing story. Totally, they always missed out on that. The, the yeah. mystics and the mediums. Yeah, yeah. Um, you think the police would use them? Otherwise? <laughs> <laughs> My family are like big into psychics and mystics, and he and. I was gonna say heliums, and mystics, and mediums, mm. and like, uh, like people that lick warts and stuff. He no, works. I don't. Sorry, sorry. That like, did oh, you say you know, like lick, lick a wart? Like lick warts? Ew, got a wart. ew, that gives me they'll the heebie-jeebies. They'll get rid of a wart, like for you, and it's supposed to be because they're healers and they're the seventh son of a seventh son. So it's this weird kind of mysticism, and also, I mean, they're cheaper than a doctor. And they do. Well, so if I've got a wart that's giving me trouble, yeah, I'd go to a friend of your family's. Well, and... he's a local barman, like, and he would lick your wart. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> this like... is the most Irish thing I've yeah. ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> he would lick your wart, and in a few months it would go. Oh, okay. So yeah. I feel like this is a very like Pakistani Groundhog's Day situation, where it's yes. like in two to four weeks it will go totally which is the amount of time it would take anyway yeah 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 but and while this poor uh, barman is also just riddled with HPV <laughs> <laughs> he's that anyway yeah. every fucking strand from the licking warts his patient zero <laughs> yeah. HPV outbreak but like um, yeah it is kind of like uh, it is strange the, the, the kind of Things that our families believe in and stuff. Yeah, my mom, uh, post divorce, uh, uh, also uh, grew grew up a Catholic, like super Catholic, like Catholic school mass, six days a week Catholic. Got really into uh, um, psychics and crystals and can read tarot cards now. Yes. Uh, One time she read my cards for me. Uh, I had a big audition, and uh, she was like, would you like me to read your cards for you on, on the phone? And I was like, yep, that, that sounds nice. It's fun anyways. And uh, she, goes, she goes, okay, and I can hear her shuffling them. She lays them down. She goes, oh, oh, dear. You know what? We'll just do it again. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> death, death, death. Yeah. <laughs> and she told me, she's like, and if you don't like what they say, you can always just shuffle them up and do it again. Oh, my God. That's, That's such a good approach to life, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's what I like about the news. I'm like, I don't like that. Like, yeah. <laughs> refresh the page. Everyone's at peace. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, can you tell me real quick, what does CPSD actually stand for? Because I don't... CPTSD CPT, is... CPTSD. See, I don't even have the... Comp, uh, I think it's Complex Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder. Right. So, that's like a post-traumatic stress disorder, which is, um, like, uh, I don't even... You see, this is, the other, this is a big reason why, like... I'm afraid of doing a podcast about stuff. It's like terms. I don't know. I, I, I don't know any of the terms. I just seem to be blind. Like when someone goes, this is a person that's going to help you with this. I never remember what their job title is. Just like the man. <laughs> the man from the NHS. He, you know? He's going to lick your PTSD. He's going to lick. Oh, <laughs> some men have tried. <laughs> some men have tried. <laughs> 
Um, but like, yeah, like, uh, so what happened was, I, I suppose I'll go through my history of, uh, so when I was like 13, I had a breakdown. Um, I was over like, I suppose what you would call a suppressed memory of something. And like, uh, my mum was like, what's going on? Because I was like, punching a jacket potato into a floor. She's like, what? What's wrong? And I was like, I actually don't know. Like, I don't know. And then um, my school were very good. They were swimming in money at the time because Ireland's economy was going so well. So I went to like a counselor twice a week, and uh, some other like stuff beginning with P's. There was people brought in, <laughs> and social services. It was great, and it was really really good. And I was put on medication. And I felt like uh, I was doing really well. And then I was 19, left school, Irish economy, gone, right? And I couldn't afford to do any more treatment or anything like that. So I was like, it's fine. Then I was about 25 and another breakdown. Um, And that was brought on by, like, uh, so I suppose I had a hard week, right? Uh, I was in, in, so I did a gig, came home from the gig, and uh, I lived with this woman, and I've done stand-up about it. Like, and this is the annoying thing, is like, I do stand-up about all of my trauma. Mm-hmm. And it's so... Because I keep thinking that's processing it. And if it's not processing it, at least I'm financially doing well off it. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Profiting or process, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. you know? Hopefully both, but let's not lie to ourselves here, you know? <laughs> so, like, I... Um, so I came home from a gig... And my landlady was just very lackadaisical about security. And I came into the house and I thought my landlady was upstairs. I heard footsteps. And what came down and said was a man and he had a knife and he uh, frightened me and, uh, like, uh, robbed me. And it was really hard. So I moved to another new place. And uh, the new place I moved to told the landlord... What, he goes, why did you move out of the old place? Just out of interest. I was like, well, this happened. He's like, well, I'm going to put a new front door on, secure the place, you know, because I've been meaning to get a new front door for a while, but I don't want you staying in this house if you don't feel safe. I was like, cool. So he got a really good new front door, five-bolted lock system. Uh, but the guy who was installing the door left the old door beside the new door. So it was we didn't quite know how to lock the door properly. Came home uh, with my new flatmate, there were two men at the top of the stairs with crowbars that were not like this is within a week of uh being robbed the fir- the first time. So you know, I've walked in twice on people in my home, uh, with weapons and robbing. And then about a few days later I was cycling, didn't want to be in the house, I was always out of the house, didn't want to be in the house because I felt unsafe. And a man flashed me, which would be fine any other time. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm used to it. <laughs> Actually, but, it's not. not. I know. Like, <laughs> but in a scale of, like, trauma, do you know what I mean? I was, I just did not. That was the one, actually. You are a woman of the world. Which, you know, sometimes people show you your genitals. <laughs> yeah. And if I hadn't been having a bad day, exactly. I would have been fine with that minor assault. Like, but that's genuine. <laughs> yeah. That's so, like, so I had, like, I just. I just had a very hard time. Didn't want to be in the house. Didn't want to be outside of the house. The only place I felt safe was like the door frame of the front door. And I just let it fester for ages because I just did because I couldn't afford to get help or anything like that. And uh, so I kind of just stayed in my house, stayed in my bedroom is the place I felt safest. And it's hard because like uh, I, I, 
I've gone through stages of uh, maybe finance, the finance and getting help is like a big, like because we've been chatting mm. and me, you, and Beck hang out all the time, and I, other people who talk to me this like I think I've ADHD, mm-hmm. but I don't have the money to get myself diagnosed yeah. or the time to wait for the NHS. So it's like the way I think I'm slightly bisexual. I'm in a ten-year relationship. I'm never going to cash that. But you know, there's <laughs> no point in the. There's no point in me saying that. I, you know what I mean? Yeah. It just it just is there. So like, and I I've listened to your podcast and I've heard people talk about having PTSD and ADHD. And my friend Fern, uh, who's also neurodivergent, mm-hmm. uh, neurodivergent. Isn't that yeah, you did it. Yeah, yeah cool. you nailed it. Cool. Because I don't want to. Sometimes I say neurodeviant. That's a great term. I know, but it doesn't. Come and get ya. Yes. Um, Like, I. It's. And and you're on TikTok. I've taken TikTok off my phone. I feel if I was on TikTok a lot more. Not like. I I feel if I was on TikTok, I'd have a lot more understanding of where my brain is, but I just so put my head in the sand about everything. Mm. And that's like. I wanted to know what was up of me before I came on this podcast properly. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Not the only thing I've actually been diagnosed with is CPTSD. Also, Do you I, know what I, mean? I will say, like, TikTok, uh, I think, can really help someone to a point. Yes. But then you're just watching a lot of sad videos. And uh, sometimes I think it does. It gets sad where people are like, I can't do this, or, or I don't know. I, I think it can exacerbate the problem. I, I you know what I mean. It's like it's like, like I suspect I have something now. What? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I, th- I think that's the, the, why I, like, I think neuro, I've said this probably before on the podcast, but why I like say neuro, it again to me. <laughs> why I like neurodivergent is is because it's not about like going oh well I need to find this right label or this right combination of labels, but I'm not like that other person. So that's not. It's sort of a broad term that goes well. Actually, my brain is quite different to. Uh, the majority of people's brains, so the mainstream brain. And yeah. I might need things in my life which are different to what other people need in their life because my brain is different, whether that's as a result of trauma or whether that's as a result of natural mm. differences or whatever. Mm. And I think neurodivergent helps in a weird way because it's such a broad term, it helps you think much more specifically um, because you can go, well, what do I need? What what's what is my brain like? What in what way am I neurodivergent? Rather than what's the label that links me to hundreds of other people? Well, do you know what the other thing is? Is that I've come from a family of people that are neurodivergent that mm. have that have had uh, help that their lives have improved so much since they since they got a label. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? As in like. There was just so much. There was so much going on, uh, in my in my family that like, when the label was there, it was like, oh, okay, this makes absolute sense. Do you know, and it made mm. our lives, made my life, made their lives, so much better because we got on better. Really, I'm not saying that labels I, are yes. bad. I'm saying that. Um, no, I know that. Not feeling reliant on oh I have to find a label and then I can fix things. I think, it's, but it's, my it's, label and my family yeah. was like not having a label. Do right, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, that was <laughs> my label and my family. Yeah, was, was that like mm. just like, and it's just it's just yeah, and 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 also, I, there are priorities within. I'm 
I am around people and there are priorities of like you see I've always prioritized I've always like I don't know what I'm trying to say here I suppose like I've given a lot more empathy and stuff to people when there's a label to my family members and stuff Hmm. which is pretty fucked up when I could just be nice to everyone. <laughs> you know what I mean? I you got to pick and choose. Yeah, There's only that. so much niceness one person can hold in yeah, their heart. You got to you, you pick who you're nice to. You I need a certificate. Before <laughs> yeah. I, I think we need to mark the papers. That's when it becomes yeah. <laughs> it is. It is interesting. Like, like, as you were talking about, you were a little nervous about coming on this. Like, um... It must be weird for you to host something and then have someone come in and go like, no. this is how I feel about this. Well, but- no, because like, I know we've talked about how like we don't want this podcast to be about us or our guests being like an authority yes. on their own emergency. So like, you know, we're not doctors. We're not. We're, we're, we're comedians having chats with our friends yeah. about our brains and our lives. And what connects us all is neurodivergency, but it's not like, well, this is the way we should act if we're ADHD or autistic or yes. CPT. T- 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 <laughs> uh, that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, but going back to like what you said about how it's easier to do um, stand-up about it than be interviewed, I find stand-up to be so interesting because I feel like that with things I've talked about is because if you're telling everyone, it's like you're telling no one. Yeah. Yeah. And then I've had people come up to me after shows and then want to talk in detail about this experience I talked about on stage. And I'm almost like, what, how do you know that about me? Like I kind of forget. It's almost like a dream state. It's like, Oh, did you, Oh, you were paying attention. Oh, well I, I said everything I wanted to on the subject. Thank you. Yeah, because you're your own editor. Yeah. It's seen through the lens of you. The only relationship you have with the audience is how they take that. Yeah. But nobody is like, you're the processor. It's like you're making extra virgin olive oil. And you've grown the olives and you, you, you know, you've bottled it and everything. Mm-hmm. Whether they put it onto a salad or anything like that is their own business. But yeah. you've made that. And like with, with uh, getting interviewed, it's more of a collaborative process. Mm where you're working with a bottler or you're working with like you yeah. know it just feels it just feels not 100% I think stand up's the purest form of expression yeah that can, look for me anyway that I feel comfortable about I feel like stand up is the best form of expression because I can control everything yes <laughs> yeah it's your job to do that yeah. as well it's not you you're not seen as like a you know sometimes when you want I so I I remember I, I I wrote a TV show, and that is collaboration, and that is like, do you? One of the things you have to do is not be seen to be too controlling. Like mm. when you write a script, it's really hard when you know. I've had that when you're like, I know that's funnier. Yeah, I know, I know the way I think of doing this is funnier. Yeah, mm. it's really hard not to be. Oh, and it's horrible to get someone to explain why they think a thing is like. Do you know? When, uh, I've had a thing where. I've had a conversation with someone that we're collaborating on a comedic thing. And I go, well, if you show the thing that's supposed to be the punchline before the punchline, punchline's not going to be funnier. Not going to be funny. And it's like uh, people get mad at you for 
pointing it out as if to go, I know how to do that. I was like, <laughs> I know, but like, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we wouldn't be here. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, oh, that's a personal dig. <laughs> <laughs> that felt like a subtweet. Yeah, oh, very much, yeah. Uh, yeah, but you said the subject you were up for talking about today was panic attacks, which, yes. by the way, you sent me that at midnight, and in my I head did. I was like, I hope you're not having one, because it was oh just two, two words, panic attacks! And I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, but do you find that, like, do you ever get uh, panic attacks around performing? Because that's no, something that people that are like... always scared of, and the, is that what, this is your happy spot? That's where I feel full control. Mm. That's where, like, genuinely, I know it's it's so actually, actually sad. But I don't feel any panic attacks by going on stage. Think about the worst thing to happen. Like, because I've, like, I've been told I have a fear of men because of the violence inflicted on me by men. And, uh... But do you, like, what do you think? (laughs) I think I must. Like, the thing was, like, I was going for treatment for... CPTSD, and that was due to being robbed. And what was happening was, uh, I lived in Camden at the time, and I would great neighborhood. Oh, amazing! So sad. I'm not living there anymore. Good parks. Uh, great parks. Oh my god! And what would happen is, uh, I was kind of like I was. Uh, what's it? What do you call it? It's the opposite to doing better. Doing worse. <laughs> doing worse. Yeah. <laughs> I was like generally doing worse with like uh I was I was getting more panic attacks and uh, a big thing was uh my boyfriend I'm with him for ten years, love him so much. Uh but I became reliant on him. Uh, he wouldn't say that he'd be like, It's fine, I don't mind doing it mm. or anything like that but he would walk me from the tube station back to my house. I didn't like going uh to the back of my flat complex because there was no street lights and stuff, and mm. it felt unsafe. And that turned from, oh, I don't like going from the tube. And I work at night, you know, and uh, I would just always be, if there was a man on the street, I would always be, like, more afraid. And there are lots of men, and lots of men who do not hurt people. Mm. You know what I mean? And I didn't want, I was making my life smaller. I was, like, doing less gigs, going out less. Um, I was just having a real hard time, and... It was, it was, yeah, it was really hard. And I went to the NHS because it just was not working. Mm-hmm. Like my life was getting smaller. And I told, you know, I told the practitioner, I suppose, you know, why. He was like, do you, it was funny. Cause the NHS were like, do you have any uh, traumatic memories or anything like that? And I'm like, I told him, and I didn't even tell him half of it. They're like, yeah, we've enough. Um, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's like I think you got CPTSD, and then they were like, "You can wait uh, three years to get specialist treatment for CPTSD from the Tavistock Centre, or we can give you PTSD treatment that you'll only have to wait six weeks for, and you can just pick a memory that you think it might be." So I was like, "Okay, well I'll pick the most violent one then, and we'll go for that." <laughs> and uh, like, yeah, we just went went for we went for CBT CBT mm-hmm. therapy at first. Uh, and uh, it's strange, like, you, I, I had this thing where I uh, disassociated, mm-hmm. where my body went all stiff, and it's, uh, like, it's it's weird even, like, it's it's weird to, to, I love talking about it, and I want to talk about it, because 
uh, I feel I feel like uh, I feel like it needs to be talked about. Mm. It's hard to talk about it because it's like it's like it's like I have a fear of sour milk, and because uh, when I was about eight, I watched Tarrant on TV, where a guy, a German TV guy, was like, "Would you drink this milk for ten Deutschmarks?" And the guy's like, "Yeah," and then he slices open the milk because it's so solid because it's been sour for that long mm. and I always make myself sick talking about it I think I've heard you being yes. sick on another podcast exactly <laughs> but I have this with the it's like I don't I'm not traumatised but I do I, it's like I I do get annoyed how my body goes physically like I'm traumatised when I'm talking about stuff because I've done stand up about it I've, it's happened life is you know life is fine but it's just weird how the body goes. Yeah. Know? Where it's like, I'm always, I'm always in some sort of mode. And so I, that's why I think I was nervous coming in as well. Because it's like, I want to talk about it. Uh, but I also want to be myself. And I feel like I'm very defensive. Like, because you're my friend. Mm-hmm. And this is your podcast. And Joe's here too. Yeah, Joe's a comedian. <laughs> and like, <laughs> but like, but like, you know, I do podcasts all the time but I want uh, yeah I want to do this you know I don't know it's just it's just weird you, yeah yeah you're my friend too my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question about panic attack because I I remember in a workplace once someone yeah. had a panic attack yeah. looking back I don't think I reacted well I sort of panicked <laughs> myself did you slap him and say pull yourself no, together just, man I, I think I just panicked and was like oh god she's having a panic attack which that's probably not what you want when you're having a panic attack I don't know what's the right reaction was well, that good that? to match their energy for panic as well? well see I'm no expert and I'm like a, I'm like a, when I have a panic attack I'm like one of those dogs that just want to go into a basement to die do you know what I mean right so it's not what people sort of stereotypically think of as a panic attack it's like well it's like you're out but my heartbeat goes fast and I can't breathe and I'm like, sometimes I can't, like, it's a weird thing when you're crying, but, like, do you ever, there's different types of cries, like different types of snow, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes you cry and you're pushing the tears out of your eyes. I can feel like a, almost a mechanical movement of me squeezing my eyes together and letting those let bad boys go down, like, like in big blobs. But when I'm having a panic attack, sometimes, just, it, they're physically streaming and I'm not, having any control over that. And it just, right. it's the lack of control over my body and over my brain that I find so hard to deal with. And also, like, uh, or I will spend four hours just focused on, like, if I'm having a hard time, and, and if I know I'm mentally not doing great or, what, or whatever this is, it's like, if I spend four hours uh, making a reel for Instagram, and I and I make it take over the whole room. Do you know what I mean? Like, like my poor boyfriend would be trying to watch telly or do stuff. And I'm like, look at this, look at this, over and over again. It's so strange. I know it's not a panic attack, but it reminds me of panic attacks as well. as that kind of like feeling of no control. Getting stuck, yeah. Yeah, getting stuck in a repeat thing. Yeah. That like someone else has to go, you've been doing this for a while. You need to stop. Well, okay. Yeah. And does that help for someone to go? You've been doing this for a while. You need. To yeah, stop. because just it just it just I don't see. I don't see myself. I don't like. I don't. I'm not able to compute it. Do you know what right. I mean? How long can a panic attack 
like that last because I think like if you think of like a stereotypical idea of a panic attack it's like this hyperventilating like <laughs> yeah. and then it'd be like okay just calm down and take some breath yeah, but like your description it, of going down with the, just sort of wants to cut up like a dog that's sort of like not my image of a panic attack I suppose like I have so I'll talk about a specific panic attack once where I was cat sitting for someone and the sound of the cat sounded like a, the man walking down the stairs right and it just brought me straight back to because mm. the bit that I was like most traumatised was not when he had the knife but it was when he when it was like because it's, it's a weird like what I remember is these footsteps come, these feet coming down the stairs and I was like that's not my landlady that's right. a man and I knew the front door was there and there was a part of my brain going it's okay because he's robbed the house but he's going to leave because he needs to leave Right. Like he needs to get out, but he didn't. He turned around and came into the room that I was in and had a knife. So it was the bit where he turned because my brain was just like, oh, he's not leaving. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, oh, that was the most scary part. So when, when the sound of the, the footsteps it sounded like him uh, coming down the stairs and that's the thing that I just had a panic attack about. So it was like, I need to find a corner. I just need to be... I need to be small. I need to be safe. Kind right. of thing. Mm. I need to... Yeah. Yeah, it's that type of thing. And it's hard because, like... I find there's a real in, indignity to... Indignity, I suppose, to living in flats that you rent now. And I, I moved out of Camden and the landlord would never tell me when someone was coming in to look at the house. So you'd have, like, people opening up your bedroom door and I did not like that at all. Uh. It was really, really... And it's hard because you don't want to go to him. Uh, can you not do this? Because I've been violently robbed and it would be pre- preferable if I could feel safe in my own home. So... Because they should be able to say that. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. But it's I, hard it, It's so... It, do you know the other thing about, like, you don't want to trauma dump on people? Mm. I've seen people talk about trauma dumping now and I do trauma dump. I definitely... I've told those people about really, really like dark stuff happens to me because it happens and I it's a weird thing of like I don't want to keep it a secret but I don't want to like there's there's definitely there's some people that know so much about me that I've met once and will never meet mm. again and they're like what you know yeah and it's so yeah it's but so strange and you don't want to go like I didn't, this is one more thing it's like I didn't reply to someone's email for two weeks the reason was you'll probably know, but like, I I can't talk about it on the podcast. But something bad happened, and I didn't say the specific bad thing that happened. But if I did, that would be seen as a definite over, an over uh, share share yeah. in a, in answer to why haven't I done this admin? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I wish I wish just none of it had happened. So like, not even I wish I had like less less horrific excuses for stuff anyway this is a comedy podcast <laughs> well, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a comedy podcast we, we go into all areas but not yeah not totally. by comedy I, no yeah. I'm sorry yeah <laughs> but yeah I mean there is there is it, it's a it's a fine I think sometimes we worry about oversharing when like telling your landlord you need to know when people are coming over because you feel unsafe otherwise in my mind, 
isn't oversharing that setting a boundary. But if you said that, they would they would just go, oh well, you sound like like if 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 I said this, if you if we were having a conversation, mm. I said, I need you to take more care about what you do next time because I feel unsafe. Now I've heard people go, I feel unsafe, and be like, fuck off. Do you know it's really horrible? But I, I think it's like a deflection thing. Yeah. Do you know when someone's able to when someone's able to actually talk about their feelings in a in a real way? It really scares me. It really, there's something that inside of me. I'm like, how could you do that? Because mm-hmm. I can't do that, and it's so it's so it's so weird. I have a visceral reaction to it, and that's that. That is on me. I know it's on me. Yeah, but I can't like you know. It's it's hard. Yeah, but then that's also, like, and I do this as well, like, when you uh, kind of, like, preempt what will happen next. Like, if I ask my landlord for this uh, boundary, then he's going to go fuck off or not. Maybe not. Maybe he'll be like, that makes sense. Uh, I'll let you know. Then yeah. I'll send you a text or whatever. I mean, maybe not. From what I know of your ex-landlord, he was an <laughs> asshole. So you're probably right. I'm not saying, like, you have proof. That you were probably right, but um, we talk about landlords. We're not talking about normal human beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you should be able to know when people come around the house because you might be naked or like any reason. Yeah, you might not. What? Yeah, yeah. I don't think coming in my bedroom at any time. Yeah, I think landlords should only buy beds that they're willing to sleep in themselves for their what a policy. Yeah, I would vote for any political party where that. Because I specifically looked for the bed, like, I broke a bed that belonged, that belonged to my landlord. And, like, it was such a paper thin. I was looking for the specific... You cannot get them in the shops. They are specific... <laughs> for yeah, That's like for tenants. Isn't that really yeah. fucked up shit? Like, and it's wow. just like... Um, it's, yeah, it's really, really, really uh, hard. But what was... We were talking about something. We were cooking there. And I can't remember what it was about. Oh, I ruminate on shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big like. Uh, I do that. I, it'll as take well. me two weeks to say no to something because mm. I worry about their reaction to it. Even though their reaction to it would have been better for them two weeks ago. When someone says no to me quickly, I'm like, I like that. That's good. Yeah. But I can't do it. Like I just drag it out. Yeah, there's people who we've asked to do this podcast, which have come back just being like, I'm not. Like, like you at first, you're like maybe, but I'm not ready to talk about it. And I've because had some... genuinely, I thought I had such faith in the healthcare system. I was like, um, because I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that I have ADHD. I've mm-hmm. did, cause I very, very, so many people have told me I have it, but I was like, I've got myself diagnosed. No, no, I have a nice chat. About it. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, oh no, that's not happening for years. So I didn't want to be like, can you wait until, you know, so I was like, I'll chat about it. But like, it's such a like, uh, what were we chatting about before? Sorry, my brain's uh, gone. Uh, we... There's some people who've said, uh, no, I don't want to do it. Yeah. And uh, we sort of respect that. Yeah. Like whether, like, yeah, just being sort of bad. Uh, yeah, some people are like, like, not even later. Like, just no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Thank you. I like that. That's, yeah, that's so good. That's a good, yeah. That's a good way to be. I'd love to be like that. Well, here's the thing. I'll, I'm like sometimes a dog with a bone. Like, in my mind, no answer is not the answer no. Yeah, yeah, it, but that's true. So I'm like, I'm like, listen, 
You gave me your phone number in a bar eight years ago, and now you're going to get a text every two weeks asking to be on my podcast until <laughs> yeah, you say yes yeah, or no. Because yeah, yeah. yeah. no answer is not the answer no. This is going to try and guess which guests in the party. <laughs> <laughs> right. <then. laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's uh, I I I'm the opposite to that. Like I have like uh, I will make up in my brain the all of the possibilities of like if someone is if someone's horrible to me if if someone like uh, I over empathize and I overthink about their lives mm-hmm. and that's not that does not make me a good person. I don't think I'm a good. You know, I hate when people go, "I'm an empath," uh, <laughs> but like I. I will ruminate on on uh, the possibility of an answer, so then I don't ask. Do you know what I mean? So there's a possibility of them saying no, but then resenting me for it, I don't ask. You know? Mm. Everything, I always think of the worst case scenario for everything. And I think that's helped me back so much with, like, networking or anything like that. It's like, uh, yeah, I've, I, and I, I'm annoyed at myself, like... Mm. There's so many times I've looked back at shit and I'm like, that person was being totally fine. You didn't have to yeah. go back away from them or whatever. Yeah, it's definitely something in, in, in the arts, isn't there, to being just very pushy, and and you know there are and, and all you know and and, and on in a positive sense, in, you know, in sort of just really really believing in yourself and sort of pushing. I think pushy I is think great. That, I think it's really positive, yeah, and I wish yeah. I was more. And like there is, there is a thing of like. Uh, you know, shit don't get done unless someone is pushy. Yeah, mm, yeah, yeah. It, stuff doesn't happen naturally by osmosis. This podcast, someone had to push. I'm glad to be pushy for me. Yeah, yeah. no, it's great. <laughs> I've eaten dinner with this woman in a public setting. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Excuse me, this is wrong. You need to send it back. There could be like 20 pubes on my pizza. I'm like, well, I can eat around it. Have you ever sent food back? I don't think we've... we've Uh, I mean, I... It, I would if it's wrong. One time we were in McConnell, yes, yes. and she was, she ordered fish and chips, and she was really excited about it. And it came with like five chips, it and crazy. and I, I and they it, came and over, and I was like, "This is just a sad amount of chips. We'll need more chips." I know. Oh my god, that made me so nervous. But I, I both admire you for it, and also, what's the worst they're gonna say? No, like yeah. you know what I mean. Um, go, You're so greedy, and we also, work hard on these chips and we've given you five chips never come to McCandliffe again yeah That's what they might say. we paid <laughs> it was a lot of money though, it, it, it was, was one of those yeah it was one of those restaurants where it's like you pay a lot of money and then the amount of like when you think of fish and chips yeah. you're like fuck it yeah we could there's a chip shop here where the, there's a waitress that sings Oh, that sounds awful. Voice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, she has, a, she has a very beautiful singing voice. It's is it? Is yeah. it? Is she employed for that? It's not like no, I don't know. I think she's worked at the fish and chip shop, and she she serve you chips and and uh, will sing. It's very very beautiful. Yeah. It's so it's not like the Stardust Diner in New York, no, where it's, it's like it's someone like, stands up and it is like, like sings show tunes. Like it's not one of those. No, she's got that. like like a deep like soul voice. Oh, I can get down uh, with her. She's just, just, well, but just, it's not like, oh, and here's the show. She's not up on the counter. Yeah, like that. yeah. But I mean, it's only happened once. Maybe she's not regularly singing. Maybe she just needed to sing that day. But, um, I love people that sing. Yeah, yeah. 
You like musicals. Yeah, I do like musicals. Well, but then why don't you like it in real life? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I might like, I'd have to be like in the mood for it. You know yes. what I mean? Like, um, if I know that I'm going to a place with music, I'm up for it. But when uh, just like I'm sitting and having a meal and a band starts playing, it's, it's like, I'm like, I wasn't prepared for this level oh, of yeah, noise. Yeah. 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 Music is like ass play. You need to have it <laughs> yeah. beforehand. You need yeah, to warm up. You need to you warm just bring up. it up. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Why is this going on? Since... I'm to eat my food. <laughs> <laughs> I just want fish and chips. <laughs> but that, that fish and chip we had in McClendon, it was so strange because it was, it was like on five chips, but they put the fish on top of it. So with a like smear. No it looked like a little fish tank. Like, and not like a fish tank that fishes are in the tank, <laughs> but like. A oh, tank like in a war yeah, yeah. made of fish. <laughs> like the little caterpillar packs on yeah, the bottom. Yeah. I just cried myself. I'm a fish <laughs> tank. And I'm like, ah, that's another thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, but back to trauma. Uh, <laughs> I do feel that I think about stuff less once I've artistically done some. I've written a play. I've written a few plays, but I wrote a play and I've done stand-up specifically about a time that I gave a handjob to a guy in a car. And like... I was thinking it's funny, but it was actually because I was physically like, you know, the dude wasn't going, you have to give me a hand job or I, you will not go home. But in my brain, I was going like, well, how will I get home? If, right, if he gets yeah, mad yeah. at me for not mm. giving him a hand job, I'll have to give him the hand job. And like, there was, there's so much, I mean, hand jobs are hilarious as a concept. <laughs> and, you know, they're the funniest sex act. I think in the world, mm. and, uh, <laughs> in like, the world, in the world, in the world, and like, uh, but it was it was really cool to to write the play and to do the stand up about it and to and to process it. I'm not traumatized by that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think about it loads. And but the other thing is like, uh, do you ever get this? I don't know if you have trauma in your lives or whatever but I know yeah of everything's course, been of course, everything's been free and easy but like um, I find uh, if there's something that's like a lot less not that traumatic but you can analyse and you can go as a human you're like okay that wasn't cool and this is why and blah 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 I find it way easier to dissect and talk about that thing it's kind of like a, it's, it's fucked up but it's kind of like a a gift in a way that you have something that doesn't like tear apart your brain and your heart when you think about it and you're able to process stuff mm-hmm. and that's why having that like hand job in the car thing and I love doing the the play because then he because it's a comedy it's, it was called Starlet five stars in the uh, Sunday Times uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, like it was it was full of jokes at the start and then you can hear the audience go different. I'm like, oh, I just, I just love, I do love, I do love processes, processing trauma through art. Yeah. Because mm. it's like, like, it's like I've been given all these bricks, you know, this trauma, these tra- traumatic experiences are bricks and someone's fucked a lot of bricks. I've, I've done this analogy a few times before, but like someone's just fucked a lot of bricks in your front garden and you're like, oh, can I build stuff from this? Mm. And then someone will look at you and go, you can't build stuff from that. They're, they're trauma bricks. And you're like, what else am I supposed to do? Just leave them in the fucking front garden. Like, yeah. let, me, let me build a shelter. Let me let me learn. Let me, uh, yeah. They're mine. And I, yeah. I, I, you know, 
in a perfect world, would rather no, no bad shit ever happen to me in this world. Yeah. But it does. And uh, I like the person I am. I like the way I process stuff. I could be wrong, but at the moment I feel like I'm right. You know, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, it's your life. You got to feel right about it. Definitely, definitely. I think there's something very powerful about share because, like, it's interesting to talk about trauma dumping. If you see how it dies, trigger warning. I, 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 I watched the first ten minutes of it, and then I said, I need to be in a better place. Right, but I can't wait because she's fucking one of the best comedians. And I think my, my sort of big takeaway from it was that, like when we talk about trauma, we sort of centre the person hearing it. So when we talk about yes, trauma dumping, it's like, oh, that's terrible, because that, that person's got to hear all about your trauma now. Oh, poor them, they've got to hear about it. And I think that doing stand-up about those things is sort of very, you know, powerful in that it's it's sort of going, well, no, I'm going to share something, listen, I'm not going to be quiet about it. I hate the, I hate the discursation of trauma dumping, of, like, people... I don't know, maybe I've been just aware of it a lot more but when someone I remember uh, there was someone being a bit cringe on TikTok and uh, which I mean doesn't narrow it down <laughs> and uh, and someone was saying how dare that person trauma dump on that other person who's just working 9 to 5 and it's like uh, yeah but like if you ask how someone's day is you know, expect a, an honest answer or mm. don't ask it. Yeah. If you don't want to know, don't ask. Do you know, and don't punish the person for telling you. We punish people. I punish people. Society punishes people for talking about uh, horrible stuff. Do you mm. know, like that's happened mm. to them. You're like, oh, why do you have to talk about that? I feel weird. Yeah. yeah. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That feels like a natural ending. Yeah, oh, that does. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alison Spittle, at the end of the podcast... Oh, uh, shit, the neurodivergent yeah. moment. Yes. Do, uh, we always like to ask for the neurodivergent moment. What is your neurodivergent moment? Well, I suppose I, I mentioned it in this show. I, in, oh, I've mentioned it in my son of show, and I've mentioned it in this podcast. And it is specifically uh, about a time that I was looking after my friend's cat's and she has a nice house. And the cats went down the stairs. Sounded like a man. Uh, and I had a panic attack. And I, I, always when I have panic attacks, if there's a downstairs toilet, that's my favourite place to have a panic attack. Mm. And uh, I called my boyfriend. And uh, he came over. And uh, yeah, I suppose that's the best manifestation. I mean, I forget shit. All the time <laughs> is that in the Bridget moment. <laughs> I uh, I went. I turned up to a gig uh, a week early uh, last week. Oh, I hate, that's great! Yeah, and I cancelled another paying gig, so I, like, I got to do this other gig. Yeah, oh, no. and then I messaged that person. I was like, "Do you still need a replacement for this?" And she's like, "Yes." And I'm like, "Haha!" So it's very good that comedy has so many forgetful admin people <laughs> that we all it all works out. Yeah, in the end. at the end yeah. we can all do our thing. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much. Thank oh, you so much. Real quick, what if you where do people find you? You're gonna be on tour. This is gonna come out like in a couple months. We're the head of schedule yes, for the are. first yeah, time ever. Maybe in December. Sweet, even. that's yeah. good. Yeah. 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 yeah, December. First of December, actually. So I got a tour coming out in the new year. It's called Soup. It actually talks about uh, me trying to process my CPTSD through comedy and how it's not really good to do. Um, And it's going to be in, like, Pocklington and Leek and Brighton and... 
Bristol and Manchester and Edinburgh and all those places. Go to alisonspittle.com or uh, Instagram at alisonspittle. I don't know whether X will still be existing. By the time this comes out, if it still is, you can find me there. But I now don't actually don't. don't <laughs> Stay don't away from Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way I'm looking into the cameras. <laughs> don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that's the best mental health tip we've given all, all season. <laughs> yeah. Stay away from <laughs> I've thought about like I'm like, do we need a neurodivergent moment? Twitter? Like, we should, <laughs> they should just shut it down and start a different uh, social media. Just tweet for every us. day saying, "Leave this website." <laughs> <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. Yeah. yeah. That was Alison Spittle. That was. And like I said, she's on tour now. So obviously I'll post about her on all of our socials. Uh, Twitter, it's always going to be called Twitter. And uh, Instagram. Uh, so follow her and check her out on tour. Is, it, is there anyone else on tour while I'm thinking about Joe Wells? I'm on tour. Uh, Joe I'm Wells thinking. is on tour. In March, I am all over the place. Liverpool, um, Exeter, Bristol. Norwich, Edinburgh, Glasgow, Southampton, London, Brighton. So Particularly come... if you're in Liverpool, it'd be really good if people could buy tickets in Liverpool. It's selling well, so get your tickets soon. Unless you're in Liverpool, in which case you can you can buy them whenever you want because they're not selling there. Just, but, just uh, please... but maybe if you are planning to go to see Joe in Liverpool, maybe buy them sooner than later so Joe can relax. Yeah. So Joe doesn't have a panic attack. (laughs) I've I've booked quite a big venue in a a city. I don't think I've ever performed. I've performed once in before. So um, it's my own own, uh, undoing. Get one of those Liverpudlian acts to open for you and they'll fill the room for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. get Adam Rowe to open for me. Yeah, especially because I think your guys' comedy is so similar. I'm sure you attract yeah. the same audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If it just be his whole audience and uh, four autistic people at the back of the room. <laughs> just very confused by the aggression. <laughs> uh, hey, Joe, uh, we should do some neurodivergent moments. Do you? Yes. Do we want to do personal ones or do we want to yeah. do... Yeah, do you have a okay. personal one? Okay, I was thinking about this, and because I think I've had such a chill time, I don't think I have too many neurodivergent moments, uh, recent ones, but this is an oldie, but I don't think I ever said it on the podcast, so if I have, I apologize, but uh, Tom and I had to go to Ikea to buy furniture, so I very responsibly measured all of the areas that we were going to get new furniture to make sure that we bought like you know we we wanted to get like a little shelf to make sure the shelf would fit in the area that we were Mm. going to get did all the measuring before we left and then we went to ikea to get furniture and i didn't measure one bit of the furniture we bought (laughs) so when we got it home it was all the wrong size oh no it's still the case then is that have you got stuff in your house now Oh, yeah. What we did uh, was then Tom spent an entire day just rearranging our entire downstairs to make it work. (laughs) Listen to a divergent feng shui. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, yeah, I will say if you're going to measure everything before you leave, you should also measure there and not go, that looks about right because it'll be too big. 
I think you're the first person to do it that way round. Usually people go, oh, God, we should have measured our the wall before we left and came here. But you did measure, got there, and did you did the uh, you did the hard bit. Yeah, and I took a tape measure to Ikea. Like, I had all <laughs> oh, of no. the tools. How I just that got... tape measure must have felt like it was had this big job and wasn't even used. I just, I got too excited. You know, I got too excited. Uh, Joe, what's your neurodivergent moment? Mine involves the the Christmas task of making sure you do the right faces when you get given Christmas presents. Um, and I, I'm going to send you a Christmas present I got. I think this is okay. This person doesn't listen to the podcast. And um, uh, and it's been discussed. For, I'll, I'll explain how it came out. Anyway, so I've got bought a T-shirt by my mother-in-law. I'll send you the T-shirt now. This is the front. <laughs> By the way, your face, wow, wearing oh, it's it. Because is... I, I, I wore it to lunch. Oh, dear God. Um, and uh, and that was my wife taking it going, well, then we need this for prosperity. Okay, so that, that's the front, though. That's the Okay, front. all right. Um, so to, for, for listeners, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's merch from a hot sauce brand called Arson Fire. That's the name of the brand arson fire here is the back of the t-shirt now i gotta ask is this your oh my god do you do you love this hot sauce no i've never had it in my life jesus christ why oh my god what a gift you have to explain this imagery and can i put it on our socials uh yes you can yeah and i but i should for um my mother-in-law's sake. She also bought us some absolutely wonderful presents. A, a beautiful scarf that she knits herself. And oh, is that the scarf you're wearing? Up. Oh, that's the scarf. Yeah, the scarf is... The scarf is lovely. stunning. Um, yeah, and homemade. Lovely. But that T-shirt. So I, so I had to do the dance of, oh, this is this is a good T-shirt. Wow. Arse on fire. But then my impulsive ADHD wife saved me and said, you will not be wearing that. <laughs> That's amazing. So explain the image, please, to, or do you want so me to explain on it? On the back, it's, um, it says Arsenal Fire, which is the brand, and then there's some flames so that it looks like, I guess it looks like my ass is on fire. Yeah, it looks like uh, there are flames coming out of your butt, like yeah. you're having a really toxic uh, uh, fart or poo. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then the front says Arsenal Fire, and it's got a hot chili clutching its butt, looking back like, oh, no, with flames coming out of it. So it's it's very, like, uh, uh, stinging, stinging farts, stinging poo uh, vibes here, uh, which I know, if there's one thing we all know about Joe Wells' comedy, <laughs> is he loves talking about hot farts. Uh and you don't even eat this hot sauce. Never had it in my life, no, no. Did she buy you a bottle of the hot sauce as well? No, no I would have quite liked that. I don't, I'm not against hot sauce, but I've never had this brand. It's something, isn't it? I'm speechless. And my brother really likes hot sauce, so now I just want to buy him this shirt, but well, not he, the hot well, sauce. Don't buy it, because there's one going for free. <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing! And you had to be like, "Oh wow, yeah. wonderful!" Isn't that incredible? Oh, 
That's great. That is amazing. All right. That'll be up on our socials uh, this coming week, guys. I'll, I'll post that uh, so you guys can get the full enjoyment. <laughs> of also, just your face. I, I, I know you're just kind of like standing there, but just your face of like, you just look like, this is my life now. I mean, yeah, I, it's a look of this is going in a group chat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that is also the look of I've been eating solely cheese for five days. Yeah, and and your ass isn't on fire. If anything, it's just plugged up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have we got listener ones? I've got a listener hey, one. Do you, do you want? Uh, yeah. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Uh, I've, I've I've got a fairly short one. Okay, uh, which you is go first. From uh, D, and uh, they say 50, 52 year old woman diagnosed three months ago during the test i was asked to narrate a cartoon strip about frogs my first comment was but they're not frogs they're toads (laughs) all inaccuracy oh my god d i love that oh that uh, what a fabulous we have an assessment theme i picked one that uh is regarding assessments mine is from carrie and she says hi joe and abigail I'm autistic, and my son has recently been going through the process of being assessed for autism as well. My husband and I had a Zoom meeting with the assessor where she explained how the assessment had been carried out. She explained one of she explained one task that my son struggled with, which involved pulling random items out of a bag and then using those items to tell a story. My husband nodded along, as did I. But as soon as the call ended, I had to get my husband to explain to me what exactly it is my son should have done during that task because the whole thing made absolutely no sense to me. I suppose if I needed more proof that I'm autistic, that was it. <laughs> we also, this is this cute as it well, we also regularly have hey donuts moments in our house, as that's the term my son uses to describe his own ADHD. Attention, deficit, hey donuts! Oh, I see. <laughs> that is lovely. I like that. <laughs> Hey Donuts moments that can add. We need like a a, a neurodivergent dictionary. We and do. Hey donuts can go into it. Hey Donuts, that's so cute. I love to the like just being the parent of being like, mm, yeah, I understand that. that <laughs> like just totally get why, and then then being like, I have no fucking clue what was going on there. I don't feel it. So you're meant to pull random objects out of a bag and then tell a story about them. Yeah, tell a story with them, I guess. So yeah, with I I mean. I don't know. I feel like that's more of a test of creativity, but I feel like, so if you pull out, you're like, so Mr. Eraser went to the shop with Mr. Marker. Like, I don't understand why that's a, I mean, I I don't. So many broad, such a broad um, question, isn't it? Yeah. Different interpretations to it. Yeah. Like, I, I don't I don't even know why that's an autistic. Do you know what? It feel... sounds like one of those things that's like purportedly like a test of like creative and, and imaginative thinking, but actually is the opposite of that because there is a right they want a right way to do it. Yeah. Um, whereas if you did it in a different way, like if you had like them as as the landscape or something like that, then that would be seen as wrong. Have I ever told you I got in huge trouble at school? 
because we had to draw a picture. This sticks with me to this day. Draw a picture of um, a scene from Jonah and the Whale. And I drew Jonah pre-whale as a, um, what was he, like a, you know, like a sort of prophet yeah. to people. And in the story, he'd even um, uh, like prophesied to the king. So I drew him in front of the king and I got in trouble because everyone else had drawn the whale. And, uh, and, I, and, I, and I'd, drawn, I'd drawn a different part of the story, even though the spec was to draw part of the story. And I got in trouble for that. I had a similar I will never forgive you, Mrs. Sims. I have a similar thing where we were doing like an assessment, like another school or teacher graded it, not my teacher, but we read a story and then you had to write what happened next in the story. And it was something about like, I don't know, it was like a spooky story where it's like, give me back my bone. Like someone's saying that from a grave or something. Right. So uh, my story went on and like, and then they finally found the bone. And then I wrote this whole story afterwards and I got marked. like a sequel. Yeah. And I got marked really low because from the story I wrote, you couldn't tell that I had read the original story. And I remember my teacher at the time was like, I know you read the story, but I just wrote like, I just took a portion of it and then wrote a different story, you know, like, yeah. like same they character. Tell you what they want. Yeah. Oh, so With silly. Yeah. So I feel you, Joe. I feel you. And I, I feel you, Carrie and, and Carrie's Carrie's son. I get it. I get it. Um, <laughs> be creative, but be creative correctly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Be cre- creative within these parameters. Yeah. Uh, Hey, I think that's all from us. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm going to go take a yoga class. But guys, thank you so much for listening. Hey, if you have time in this lovely new year, it would really uh, help us out if you go on to uh, your app, your listening app. Maybe it's, uh, say, uh, iTunes or Apple Music or whatever they call it these days and leave us a five-star review. Yes. That'd be really helpful. That does really help. It helps us get into the charts and helps us to be seen. And uh, we give you this for free. So yeah. you owe us a five-star review. Yeah. And if you don't want to give us a five-star review, then pay for our Patreon. You, yeah. you can pick. Pick <laughs> one. <laughs> but there is a right one. So good yes. luck figuring that out. <laughs> um. Guys, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in a fortnight with our last episode of this season. Yes, see you then. Bye. All right, bye.